Hello and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Wolves. Today on the show, we start our season player review series. We're going to talk about the bottom of the Wolves roster, but a pair of intriguing rookies in Wendell Moore Jr. and Josh Bonnet. We'll start the show with them today. Could one or both of them find themselves in the Timberwolves rotation next year? It's all upcoming on the show. Welcome in. You are Lockdown Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Lockdown Wolves. Today's episode is brought to us by our friends at eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit, ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy hump day. And a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, Lockdown Wolves is free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find this show. You can also listen or actually you can also watch along with all the other Minnesota Lockdown podcasts on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. More great local sports coverage 24-7 and it's free. Download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. Of course, you can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and also at my account, which is at B Beacon. And that's with two B's, two E's, C K E N. All right, today begins our player review series. This will take up basically the next two weeks, unless, of course, there's any sort of significant breaking news in the meantime. But if you're relatively new to the podcast, we do this after each season. So what I'll do is I'll actually sort the roster by minutes played, just just total minutes played. We'll start at the bottom. We'll work our way up. As we get towards the top of the roster, we'll do entire shows on, on the majority of rotation players, like, for instance, today. We're going to hit the guys that played the least for the Wolves, and then we'll start to get into you know uh, midseason acquisitions like Nikhil Alexander Walker and Mike Conley and fringe rotation guys and guys who've been hurt, and we'll st- you know do a half to full show on each of those guys, and then we get into you know the starting lineup and um, and, and we'll spend longer chunks of time you know really entire shows on each of them, and we'll answer we we'll basically talk about the season interview for each player. Um, and then also talk about expectations for next year on kind of a high level, what this player could or, or could bring to the team or did bring to the team this year. You know, I think kind of both of those, like for some guys, we maybe didn't see them a ton. Like today, we're going to talk Josh Minot here in just a second. He only played in 15 games, played under hundred minutes this year for the Wolves, but what could he bring to the team next year? For other guys, we know exactly what they bring, like say Austin Rivers, who we'll talk about at some point, probably next week. Um, like, will he be back? What would he bring to the team? What did he bring to the team this season in the 52 games that he appeared in? Would it make sense to have him back? So we'll answer those questions along the way. We'll talk about contract status as it's relevant, um, you know, potential for trade, like all that stuff. We're not, there's not necessarily like five questions we're answering for each player. It just kind of depends on who it is. So without further ado, let's start at the bottom of the roster. We're going to skip AJ Lawson because he appeared in exactly one game and played two minutes for the Wolves. And that was very early in the season before he moved on. So we'll start with Josh Minot. This year's second round draft pick, uh, he only played in 15 games and he only played 96 minutes. However, of the three players we're going to talk about today, I think he's the most likely to earn a consistent rotation role next season. And I actually think it's completely on the table that he's in the Wolves rotation next year. Um, So who's Josh Bonnet? 
uh, real quickly, he last year was a second round pick. Um, he was uh, he didn't didn't play all that much in college, or he I should say he didn't start that much in college, right? He went to Memphis. He played in 33 games, only started five, but he has the talent athleticism size of somebody who's more likely to be a lottery type pick. Obviously he was a second rounder because he didn't play a ton in college. I mean, he played what a total of 483 minutes at the collegiate level and only averaged six and a half points per game. Um, only shot 14% from three point range, right? Total. He was two of 14 from deep as a collegiate athlete. So the numbers at first glance don't tell you much, but Josh minded is six foot eight. He has a six foot 11 wingspan. He has off the charts athleticism and all the other stuff he did in college projects very, very, very well at the NBA level. Uh, the steal and block rates off the charts charts in college. He plays passing lanes extremely well. He has really good instincts, especially for a guy that only started five games as a freshman in college. Um, the rebound rates are all very impressive. And, and again, the athleticism is is probably the biggest thing. So in college in 33 games, his assist rate was 13% for somebody who played primarily off the ball. That's really good. He had a steal rate of over 3%. He had a 5.4% block rate in college. That's crazy. Um, I should actually, I'll do it real quick here, pull up some of the league's best block rates at the NBA level this year. It should only take two seconds because I, I think that that will provide some good perspective. I know a lot of times people just look at blocks per game. That's not the best way to measure this. So this year in the NBA, if we only, if we filter out, um, so basically for anybody that'd be eligible for the scoring title that played a legitimate amount of games, what did I say his, uh, his block rate was in college? 5.4. Okay. That would actually rank ninth in the NBA this season for block rate. The only guys with better block rates than 5.4% in the NBA this year. Now we're talking about Minot's uh, block rate at Memphis la you know, last year. Jaron Jackson, obviously, Walker Kessler, Nick Claxton, Brooke Lopez, Miles Turner, Mitchell Robinson, Drew Eubanks, and Bull Bull. Those are the only guys that have a better block rate this season in the NBA than Josh Minot had in college. Those guys are all centers. That's crazy. That, I mean, just to put that in a little bit of perspective, I also mentioned the steal rate. Josh Minot in college had a 3.1% steal rate. That would actually be the best steal rate in the entire NBA this season. And I and caveats apply, you know, 33 games, bench player, very limited minutes. But the point is still there. It's still 33 games. It's not a it's not a five-game sample size. Over the course of a college season, Josh Minot had a better steal rate than anybody in the entire NBA this season and a block rate that would have ranked ninth. That projects out to a really strong NBA player, a strong off-ball presence, potentially a strong on-ball presence. Um, and again, 6'8 with 6'11 wings. That is a significantly sized human with fantastic athleticism. I haven't even talked about rebound rate yet. And we could do, I should have just done the entire show about Josh Minot. There's so much to say about how much I like him as a prospect. In college, he had a rebound rate of 14.4%, a defensive rebound rate of 15.7%. Uh, if you missed Tuesday's show, go back and listen to it. I talked a lot about the Wolves rebounding issues. I mean, even that rebound rate would put him in the top 35 in the NBA this season for a total rebound rate. Josh Minot's collegiate rebound rate. Um, offensive rebound rate, 12.9%. That's where he did a ton of his damage on the glass in college. 12.9% this year would again be ninth in the entire league in terms of offensive rebound rate had it been in the NBA. So Minot's activity, his athleticism, his nose for the ball, which is a real thing, the instincts to jump passing lanes, to, to track down 50-50 balls, to be active on the glass, to dive on the floor, to use his size and athleticism to his advantage, 
The Wolves have some guys that haven't exactly done that, right? The Wolves have plenty of guys. Like Anthony Edwards finally is starting to on the glass. He always kind of has defensively, at least off the ball. He's getting much better, um, or he always has on the ball. And off the ball, it's been a little spottier for Anthony Edwards. Um, but the the way that Josh Minot's numbers played out in college, in, in yes, 33 games at Memphis, um, that that's a pretty good indicator of what he could do at the NBA level could do now, like for some context, Jade McDaniels. Now we're talking almost four years ago at Washington. Jade McDaniels had a block rate of 4.9%. Still crazy, but Josh, uh, Josh Monitz was 5.4%. Um, McDaniels steal rate in college was only 1.4%. Josh Monitz again, uh, what was it? 3. 3.1% rebound rate. Josh Minot, 13% on offense, 16% defense, 14% total. Uh, Jade McDaniels was only a 4% offensive rebound rate in college, 16% defensive rebounding, and 10.6% total rebounding. So Josh Minot had a better steal rate, block rate, rebound rate than Jade McDaniels. Yeah, Memphis, the competition level wasn't quite to what it was in the Pac-12 for Jade McDaniels. Um, but actually Minot played in more games, I guess, less minutes because he came off the bench. So, you know, I'm splitting hairs there. They each played one season in college at a, you know, D1 program. Um, So that matters, right? I'm not at all saying Josh Minot could be Jaden McDaniels this year, next year. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the potential is there. The tools are there. Some of the stuff you can't teach as well, like you can teach rebounding and, and obviously, you know, playing passing lanes, et cetera. But the instincts are there for Josh Minot, and in some ways, the instincts plus activity, that combination, which is so powerful, is there at a level that wasn't there for Jaden McDaniels initially. There's a reason why a guy who didn't even start in college was a second-round pick for the Wolves. So I think I could build a case for him taking on a Torian Prince-like role next year. He's not the shooter that Torian Prince was. Um, Like, for instance, in the G League this year, Josh Minot in nine regular season games he shot 29% from three. Um, all the rate-based stats are good. Like, again, he rebounded. He got steals. Like, here, let us let's let me grab those real quick. Uh, 13% rebound rate. Uh, actually, the steal rate was pretty low for him in, in the... Um, well, actually, I'm looking at the Showcase Cup now. The G League is so confusing with their stats. Uh, steal rate was actually... It was 2.2% for the season for Josh Minot. A 4.7% block rate. So he did lead... The uh, the Iowa Wolves in block rate and the Showcase Cup, which was the tournament they played at the start of the season that culminated with that that thirty team tournament in December, mine had only had a 0.6 percent steal rate, but his block rate was four point three percent for the season. Again, only twenty nine percent from three over the course of eleven games in the Showcase Cup. Mine it was forty one percent from three, um, and the volume there was I'm going to pull the exact volume seven of twenty four. So, nope, that's the regular season again. These G League stats, uh, 14 of 34, 41%. So it's not tiny volume. So for the season, you know, he's a little over 32, 33%. Not great, but an improvement over his lack of, the, the lack of shots that he took uh, in the in college last year. At the NBA level, in extremely limited minutes, under 100 minutes, Minot had an over 5% block rate, a 2% steal rate, a 14.5% rebound rate, and he shot 33% for three. So, painfully small sample at the NBA level, but there is NBA talent in Josh Minot. And I think he cracks the rotation next year. Maybe not an opening night, 
But at some point next year, he's going to play that like wing version of Brandon Clark, right? Like more of a three, four than a four, five. Like there's a lot of similarities to how Minot plays and how say Brandon Clark of Memphis plays. Um, I think he plays more three for Chris Fitch than, 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 uh, than four, but he has the ability to play the three and the four at the NBA level. Josh Minot to me is the, is the most intriguing player that wasn't in the rotation this year that should be next year. And I think I, I don't. He's not a Torian Prince player, but he may take those minutes, the the combo three four minutes if they move on from Prince. He's a better. I think he's a better defender already. He's a certainly a better rebounder already. The offense isn't there. I mean, we talk about the Wolves needing floor spacing. Yeah, I mean, Prince spaces the floor much better than Minot, but maybe they could pick that up somewhere else. Maybe the backup point guard can shoot threes. Maybe the Jalen Noel role shoots better than twenty nine percent this year. Suffice it to say. Josh Minot, I think, ends up in the rotation next season, and I'm really excited about his potential as an NBA player. All right, uh, let's move on. Let's talk about Wendell Moore Jr. next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at BetterHelp. Today's show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's really easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take on a moment to think, Never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. It's really easy to let that happen. When we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burned out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind, especially we're only, I guess, three years removed from the start of the the season of COVID-19 um, in all of our lives. And, and that was a time when I think many of us realized, including myself, that it helps to talk to somebody. Therapy can help. If you're thinking of starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockdownNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockdownNBA. Thanks once again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. A reminder, every day or tomorrow, we'll keep going on the roster on Thursday's show. We'll we'll keep creeping our way up towards rotation players, so we'll knock out another two or three players on Thursday as well as we start this season review series. All right, uh, let's continue on up the roster by talking about the other rookie at the Wolves fielder this year besides Josh Minot. That's Wendell Moore Jr., and of course, Wendell Moore was a first-round pick. He was ultimately 26 overall. The Wolves acquired him on draft night. He played a little bit more than um, the minor in terms of games played. He played in 29 games this season for the Wolves. And uh, the G League run was a little bit bigger than Josh Minot's. I'll pull those stats here in a minute. At the at, And I'll do the same thing I did with Minot since he's a rookie. Um, the profile for him coming out of college was the way I described him back when the Wolves acquired him on draft night was as a two-way role player, if that makes sense. And that he's not, he's very unlikely to be a star at the NBA level and he may eventually be a starter. Um, but if nothing else, he has the ability to be solid on both ends of the floor. He's, he's not, you know, he's not a Jimmy Butler to a role player to be very clear, but he has the ability to be a solid, uh, almost, I think he's, I think he has the ability to be better than the prototypical, you know, the term we used to use a lot more a few years ago, a three and D type player. I think he's more than that. Or or can be more than that. He's six foot five with a seven foot wingspan, so really good size. And in college, he wasn't just like a, a um, you know run of the mill uh, three and D guy either. He was a really good defensive player, especially in the pick and roll. And that was an issue the Wolves had mightily a couple seasons ago, and and really uh, this year at times too, 
was was point of attack defense. And now that they've swapped out D'Angelo Russell for Mike Conley, that's improved. Anthony Edwards is good in that role. Um, I, I think Torian Prince struggled there. We talked about that. Jordan McLaughlin's been kind of hit or miss. But in terms of guys, and obviously McDaniels is incredible at defending the pick and roll, but in terms of defending pick and roll, Wendell Moore Jr. can add that that edge. Um, there's some similarities to him defensively to Josh Okogie, who has now cracked the Phoenix Suns rotation after you know falling in and out of the rotation the last couple of years for Minnesota. But he's bigger than Okogie, and, and he can shoot. And Josh Okogie, as great as he is defensively, still struggles from a shooting perspective. There's some similarities to Josh Richardson. That's one of the comps that I had for him uh, when he was when when Del Moore was drafted. Um, I, I like that comp. Um, in college, when Del Moore was let's see, was he 41 percent? Yeah, his last year at Duke. So he played three seasons. His last year at Duke, he shot 41.3 percent on threes, and he was 52 percent on catch and shoot three pointers in his junior year, his final season at Duke. Um, so he could shoot the basketball. Now before that, he was only 30 percent you know, the year before, but his, his last year at Duke, he played more than twice as many minutes as he did his season, the season before that. So the volume was there in his last season at Duke and he shot the ball much better. 41% overall from three, uh, 51% or 52% in catch and shoot three point situations for Wendell Moore at Duke this season for the Wolves in extremely limited minutes. What did he play? 200 or no, 153 minutes at the NBA level. He was only two for 17 on threes. That's 11.8%. Um, there was nothing else really to write home about in terms of his, he actually initiated some offense because he was pressed to that duty. He had a 15% assist rate, but he had a 15% turnover rate. Uh, the steal rate was solid for him as well. He, he showed some good defensive chops at the NBA level. There were a couple games. He actually started two games uh, back in, I think it was November. Um, he showed the ability to be able to kind of plug and play on defense at some level, um, which was nice to see. But uh, he's going to, he doesn't have that like one NBA skill. So like with Josh Minot, you could throw him out there. He's going to give you size, athleticism, rebounding, block shots. Like he's just going to be bouncy. He's going to be a pogo stick. He's going to be everywhere. That's an NBA, that's a skill, like collectively. I named like four things, but it's all, it's a skill. That activity level, still right, block rate, uh, loose balls, et cetera, size, athleticism. That's a skill set you could plug and play Josh Minot now. And, and there's going to be, you know, he's not going to help you offensively. There's going to be some issues defensively, probably coverage wise, but you could do that. Wendell Moore is just more of a solid player. Like there's not, the the ceiling for for Minot is probably higher, but the floor is lower because as of now, you could plug and play him as an energy guy, but does it turn into more than that? Wendell Moore, you know, I, I don't know that he gives you as much plug and play now as Minot does because he's just solid at everything. He just is still a little bit too raw, um, but he has he has a floor, I think, of a solid bench guy. Um, I, I truly believe that about Wendell Moore. I just don't know that he's there yet. He only played in eight regular season G League games. He averaged 19 points per game on 42% shooting. He was only 29.8, so 30% from outside the arc. In the Showcase Cup, he played five games in the Cup. He shot uh, 47% from three there. And, of course, there's no way, neither on Basketball Reference or on G League, uh, the G League website, to combine their shooting. There probably is a site somewhere that does it. But to combine their stats from the Cup, the Showcase Cup, and the regular season. Um, so, I don't know ballparking it, he probably was like 34, 35% maybe total between the two, five games in the Showcase Cup and eight games in the regular season. Um, the rate-based stats for him, 
for Wendell Moore in the G League were actually pretty good. Again, 20% assist rate in the Showcase Cup. The, the turnover rate was a little bit high, and he initiated some offense at the G League level as well. Um, but in the eight regular season games, 25% assist rate, only a 14.6% turnover rate. Uh, rebounds the ball fairly well for a guard, for somebody who, again, initiates some offense. I don't know right now how clear his role would be on the 2023-24 Timberwolves. He's got a shot at cracking the rotation. Maybe he's ahead of, you know, he plays a different position than Josh Minot. He's more of a two that can run offense, whereas Minot's a a 3-4 hybrid. But we talk about the Jalen Noel role. We talk about Torian Prince potentially moving on, Jordan McLaughlin potentially moving on, um, Nikhil Alexander-Walker is a restricted free agent. So those are four guys we talked about on Tuesday's show. We don't know their status next year if they're going to be on the roster. That's four potential rotation roles. And Wendell Moore fits somewhere between those roles, right? Like he could do a little bit of all those things. He adds that um, that that edge on defense, the potential as a shooter, the potential. There's more of a, a versatile offensive skill set for Moore than there is for, say, Minot. So all that to say, I think Minot's more likely to be in the rotation eventually next year, more might be more likely to be there at the start of the season and kind of almost being an Austin Rivers type role. Like he's another guy. Rivers wasn't in the rotation for, I mean, he played 52 games. So he was in and out of the rotation, but was kind of like the 11th, 10th guy on the roster. That might be the more role next year. Um, And obviously he's not the vet that Rivers is, but that type of role where you're a two that can lead some offense, that can play tough defense, that can come in and do a few things well, shoot the ball decently from outside the arc. That might be the more role next season if they let Rivers move on. Um, that's the type of position I see him in next year. But long term, the skill set, I think, projects out as a rotation, solid rotation player, potentially a role player starter type guy down the road. You know, maybe it's in a couple seasons when Conley moves on. Um, you know, obviously he plays the same position essentially as Anthony Edwards. So maybe it's not in the starting lineup for the Wolves. But I think that that rotation role is probably there for him in Minnesota or elsewhere in the next couple of years. Uh, And I still like him quite a bit as a prospect. All right. uh, Let's close the show by talking about Matt Ryan, a midseason two-way signing for the Wolves. We'll do that here next. All right. Matt Ryan was uh, was on the Los Angeles Lakers. He wasn't even a two-way player. He was on a, a, a regular deal with the Lakers early this season. They cut him. They waived him on December 1st. He signed a two-way contract with the Wolves less than a week later. Um, and I mean, for the Lakers, he was a kind of a fringe rotation guy. He shot, he played really well, obviously in training camp and preseason for them, but in the regular season, he was 37% from three for the Lakers in 11 minutes per game over 12 games. He came to Minnesota. The Wolves gave him a couple of, there were a couple of, of moments throughout the season where the Wolves said, all right, you know, let's, let's, we need some shooting. Let's put Matt Ryan in our rotation and let's see when was, okay. So they signed him on the seventh. He played, uh, let's see, in December, there was a stretch where he played in four or five games and and played at least 14 minutes in each of those, or excuse me, at least 11 minutes in each of those games. Um, And during that four-game stretch, Ryan was 29% from three. So that was kind of his first audition where Chris Finch said, all right, Matt Ryan, we need some shooting. Let's give you this chance. In fact, one of those games was the win over Denver, uh, January 2nd. And he combined to shoot under 30% over those games. There was one other stretch in early February when the Wolves had some injuries that they said, all right, Matt Ryan, you know, you're going to play in four straight games. Three of these games, you're going to play at least 13 minutes. And he shot 41% from three over those games um, and actually added an element of, uh, of, I don't know, floor spacing that the Wolves needed badly. They beat Denver by 30 in that game when Denver brought nobody 
uh, to Minnesota. They beat Utah by 25 during that stretch. They were also blown out by Denver uh, during that stretch of games, but he shot 41%. So those were the two chances he got in the rotation. One one went well, one didn't. For the season, he was 38.8% for the Wolves. Um, So overall, 38.1%, which is a really good mark. It's not quite to sharpshooter level. And if that's the only skill you're bringing to the table, you're not going to get a consistent NBA rotation job. Um, and Matt Ryan's a good story. I mean, I'm, I'm sure many of you are familiar, could look it up, the story of him, you know, trying to get back into or get into the league after being undrafted and bouncing around. He actually played at three different schools in college, bounced around the G League, uh, played for Boston at the end of the season last year, was on a two-way deal. I think he played like, yeah, one game. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot to like about the story, but he doesn't bring anything to the table besides shooting. And if that's your, if that's the deal, you got to shoot like 44% from three. If the only thing you could do is shoot. And even in the G League, like last season, he was 41%, which is really good, 35% this year. So total in 37 G League games, he's 40.1%. That's really good. Every Everybody could use a 40% three-point shooter in their rotation. However, if he doesn't do anything else, it's not it's not superstar sharpshooter level shooting. Um, you know, low assist rate, very low rebound rate, like in the G League, five percent rebound rate at the NBA level again in limited minutes, what, thirty-five games total over the last two seasons, three hundred and fifteen minutes, a rebound rate of four point five percent. Like he doesn't rebound, he doesn't have an assist, like all he is is a catch and shoot guy. If that number is forty four percent, I'm making a case for him on the roster next year, fringe rotation guy. I can't do that. He shot 38%. And I know it's a small sample, but the body work we have is is a small sample. That's where we're at. And if that's your one skill, you have to be able to prove it when you get your shot. And he's not quite there. Um, somebody's going to give him a chance next year. I don't think it's the Wolves. Um, I also don't think he can be on a two-way contract again because he was on one last year and this year, last year with Boston, this year with Minnesota. Unless it's you can't do two two years in a row with the same team. I'm not I think you might be able to go to a different team and do it. So I think actually he could be on a two way in Minnesota or elsewhere. Um, I think you just can't do more than two straight years with the same team on a two way. I'm pretty sure I have that right. Um, but again, the rebound rate low assist rate low, obviously isn't a great defender, doesn't block shots, um, shoots two thirds of his shot attempts at offense from outside the arc. D- doesn't get to the line, you know, makes his free throws when he gets there. But there just isn't the, and by the way, in the G league this year, he was a volume scorer, 19 points a game, but only 35% from the floor, 35% from three got to the line less than twice a game, um, average less than four rebounds per game in, in decent minutes. Um, I'm sorry. That was not, uh, yeah, that's true. Average less than four rebounds per game. Yeah. All that's true. I was thought I was looking at the wrong thing, but I wasn't average less than four rebounds per game in, in what, 36 rebounds or 36 minutes per game. So all that to say, Matt Ryan has one replicatable NBA level skill and it's very good. He's a very, very good three-point shooter. I'd even, I'd even put two very, so very, very good three-point shooter, but he does nothing else. So I think it's unlikely he's back with the Wolves. I do think he'll be in training camp with an NBA team. If he, if he can show, like if say he goes nuts and shoots 45% in preseason or something and it looks great in training camp, perhaps he makes it NBA roster next year. But there's a lot of guys out there that shoot 38, 39, 40% from three um, that do other things. And that's the problem with Matt Ryan. And he's also, he's not young either. He's what, going to be 25 next, or he was 25 this year. So he just turned 26 actually a couple weeks ago. So I think it's unlikely Matt Ryan's back. Um, seemed to be a, uh, you know, the Wolves seem to enjoy having him on the team. 
I wouldn't be upset if they ended up using a two-way on him again because you can never have enough shooting. Uh, but you'd love to see him be able to do something else. Uh, he's six seven too. He's not small, so there should be some ability to grab some rebounds and, and stuff in there. But there just hasn't been for Matt Ryan. All right, uh, that's all we have for you today. Tomorrow we will keep going up the roster and uh, we'll talk Luca Garza, the other two way player for the Wolves. Uh, we'll skip over Bryn Forbes uh, because of his uh, well, he was waived mid season and is very unlikely to play in the league again, legal troubles, etc. We'll talk Nate Knight and we'll talk. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, which is a bit of a more of an extended conversation. So perhaps we'll start the show with Nikhil uh, on Thursday. So um, make sure to follow and subscribe to the show wherever you listen and watch podcasts. A big thank you to those that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, the show is free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch in the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. Once again, uh, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. And remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.